Happy Halloween. You know what's the scariest thing in the world? Living with my thoughts all day. We're here to recap 11 games from Monday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account and use the code LockedOnNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. So, here we are. Start of week two in the NBA, ready to crack in and overreact our asses off to whatever has been going on and recant our comments about certain players that were trash and bums and needed to be dropped and uh, transfer those thoughts over to a new batch of players who now have become unplayable and unusable and completely useless. Of course, that is the tradition of fantasy basketball. I hope you guys had good wins in week one. Just to recap you on um, Industry Pickup, our industry league, I did get the victory over Mitch Casey in week one, so come on, let's go. Um, Noel, uh, I'm against Noel Rubin this week uh, in day one at the moment. Well, day one's not over when I'm recording this. He's 7-2 up. He had nine games. I had five, so we're not panicking on that one just yet. In terms of the other standings, uh, B-Dub's on top with an 8-1 victory. Uh, I had a 6-3, and then there's a bunch of 5-4. So Rhett Bauer had a 5-4. Drew Dinkmeyer had a 5-4. Kingy had a 5-4. Dan Titus had a 5-4. And then Alex Barutha, Alex Raclean, Noah Rubin, and Mike Catron had 4-5 losses. I beat Mitch 6-3, and Mike Barner got uh, pantsed 8-1. So that is where industry pickup sits. So we're, we're going all right. Nice, nice start, tracking along well. Just hopefully I'll be able to get over Noah in this week. So we are here now to look at the games. There are 11 of them. So strap yourselves in, strap yourselves, whatever you need to strap on. Get ready. It's Halloween. We've got 11 games. We're going to talk about them right now. But before I do that, just a quick little bit of news. And I've covered this a little bit through the day. We've got news that Cam Johnson... He's going to be out for 10 days. We'll talk more about the Nets later, but just you're aware, we will cu- cover what the Nets did. And the other one is in um, Sacramento with De'Aaron Fox with his car- uh, ankle injury, sorry. He's going to be out. They said he's avoided serious injury. It's a moderate ankle sprain, which doesn't tell us a huge amount. So let's just rule him out for the next two weeks and we'll see where we go. But the problem here is, is the Kings have such a dreadful schedule. Five games only over the next two weeks, two games this week, and the first one of those games is on a 13-game Wednesday, and the next one is on Saturday. So even if you rush to grab Davion Mitchell, you wouldn't use him. It would be a waste. He's not that good either. Um, You could go and add Malik Monk, who's a borderline 12-team league guy. I get it. But would you even use him on Wednesday? And is that holding up that roster spot versus streaming in a Cavs, a Spurs, a Suns, a Magic player with all their quality games this week? I don't think it's worth it. It's not like Fox is out for the season. It's not even like he's out for two months where you take a two-game week just to get that value moving forward. I don't think that it is any sort of necessity to run and grab Davion or run and grab Malik Monk because of the way the schedule plays out for the Kings this week and the timing of it is not fantastic whatsoever. So there you go. Update on De'Aaron Fox's issues. But let's let's go actually to the waiver wire and have a look at what has transpired over the last 24 hours or so. The um, the top pickups in those last time. Let's see who was the most added players. Number one was Karis Levert. He had been on my um, stream of the day profile a couple of times. One of those guys I highlighted as weekly pickups. That makes a lot of sense. DeAndre Hunter up 21%. That's good. Um, he played again pretty well today. I'm still not 100% convinced of him as a must 12-team league guy, but he's fine. 
Um, Alec Burks up 20%, four games this week for the Pistons. He's an okay-ish guy to add. Nas Reed up 19%. We're going to talk more about Nas later on, but I do believe that that was a smart move to add him. Cole Anthony, I've talked about already. He's actually my streamer of the day for tomorrow. They've got such a good schedule for this week that you do want to grab that. And then Bogdan Bogdanovich off his big game on Sunday. He was up 18%. Wouldn't say that worked out particularly strongly for them today, but I do think he is worth having as a 12-team league guy. In terms of the top guys that were dropped, hard for me to disagree with most of these, although I will with some. Obi Toppin down 13%. Yeah, like that's a very, very quick jacking for um, Obert there. Like he's just not going to play enough. He's going to start in name only, and that's about it. So he's down 13%. John Kaminga down 12%. Didn't play today. No path for big usage or minutes. Unfortunately, very clear drop. Kobe White down 9%. I totally understand people dropping him. I talked about this yesterday. They've got a good four-game schedule this week. He's got two, two quality games in the next five days as well. He suffered a bit of an injury today, but was able to return. We just... He hasn't been great. There's no doubt about that. But as I said, he is going to shoot better. I said that yesterday. He shot 50% from three today, so obviously it improved. I just... The value of a starting point guard playing 30 minutes is pretty high as a general thing in terms of how you replace that. I would just be more patient personally, but if you don't want to, he's not that good. He is not top 100 upside level player. He's not, right? So if you want to move, move. Um, Christian Wood down 9%. Yeah, he just didn't play enough. So uh, yesterday he didn't play enough. Uh, Dylan Brooks down 7 That's a weird one. I thought he played pretty well. Their schedule's not great. So I guess that's a part of it. And then Pat Williams down 7%. Yeah, I'm afraid to tell you that he might be just garbage. So uh, yeah, there's no reason to have Pat Williams rostered in a 12-team league scenario. Let's go to the games. The Boston Celtics. Um, yeah. They smacked the Wizards. The Wizards are shocking, uh, dreadful, useless. I don't know what else to say. They're shocking. 126, 107. And honestly, it felt like the margin was double this. This game was over so early. We can look at the Celtics. And I do want to start with Maximum Derek White. <clears throat> but I'll just throw a blanket statement out here. All the Celtics minutes are well down because they didn't need to try. This team is just so bad. But White played 24 minutes. He had eight assists, which is great. Two steals and a block, also fantastic. My concern has always been with Derek White. Not that he's not a good defensive player. Not that he's not a good real-life player, because I believe that he's one of the best in both of those areas. I think he's an unbelievably good NBA player. My problem was always, does he get enough usage? 8% today. He took three shots. Now, it's all well and good to sustain off eight assists, two steals, and a block. It's hard to sustain off 8% usage going forward. He won't be eight every game, but he's not going to hit 20 very often. And that does make it tough. He still is clearly a must-roster player, though. Jalen was great. 36 and 6, three steals and eight triples. Or Tatum had 33 and 6 with four threes. Good to see those two guys. And then Porzingis, only 24 minutes, 15 and 6. And Holiday had 15 and 3 with a steal and two blocks. But that's it, right? Al Horford, we get him out of there. We don't need to roster him. Eight points in 16 minutes. While Hauser got 25 minutes in the blowout. And Pritchard also, although he went scoreless, missing all eight of his shots, he did register seven rebounds and six assists. These are just deeper league guys that you can unearth in standards if there is bulk resting or bulk injuries. For the Wizards, it's not very good. Nobody here played 30 minutes and Wes Unseld has always been a bottom level coach and he's one of the worst in the NBA again this season. Daniel Gafford was out so they didn't start Mike Muscala. They didn't start Danilo Gallinari, the guys who have been playing their center minutes. They started Kyle Kuzma at center, pushing Bilal Koulibaly across to small forward. Now I am fully on board with starting Koulibaly because they should. They traded up and they're trash. But Kuzma at center? I don't know. Kuzma was actually pretty good. 21, 5, and 4 in only 26 minutes. But again, when we're viewing the Celtic side of things, we've got to watch the Wizards side of things in terms of minutes. No one played big ones. Tyus Jones hasn't hit 30 minutes yet in a game. Well, I'm not saying he was bad, 11, 3, and 7, but his upside, I think, is a little bit capped by the way they're using his minutes. And Jordan Poole was not super strong here either. But if we're going to use silver linings on Jordan Poole, which I will, he had three steals and a block, which we don't normally get. And he shot 46% from the field. 11, 3, and 2, three steals and a block is okay. It is still nowhere near my expectation of him, and I, I still think he's going to be able to be much better than this. But if they get smacked by 30 points every game, he's not going to play 30-plus minutes. He did in game two, but the first two, no. So not looking good. The way you can tell how much of a trash game this was, Ryan Rollins played 12 minutes, and we got 12 minutes of Eugene Omari, who put up 14 and 6. But we can't read into that. I, I don't think that Denny Abdi is a must-roster player. He just needs way more than he's getting. 22 minutes, 11 and 7, 40% shooting. He needs 29, 
with a lot of the ball in his hands, and I just don't think he's going to get it regularly. As for Koulibaly, he did have two blocks and a steal, 9-5-1, and one, 33% on 28 minutes, but do we trust... <laughs> Do we trust the Wizards to actually utilize him in big minutes? I don't. He's not a strong points league player either. So I would not even remotely consider it in a 12-team points league. Wouldn't touch him in a 12-team points league. In a category league, it's debatable, but I'm probably not going to be there. Well, we got 12 minutes from DeLon Wright. Yeah, DeLon needs 25 minutes to be a 12-team league must-roster player. He is not a must-roster player. He's okay if you're looking for assists and steals. But there is no guarantee he plays 25 minutes a night when Johnny Davis was back because he was back. And will they continue to do this? I don't know. But I am not wasting a roster spot on Dillon Wright. Kispert had nine points with three threes. He is just a three-point specialist. That is it. While Mike Muscala, their backup center, when their starting center goes down, they play him zero minutes. Again, we try to make projections and predictions of guys you might stream in based on logic. But sometimes, how, how can you? Like, literally, how can you? Well, look, honestly, like when the center's playing, this guy's their backup. He's been getting 15 minutes. Maybe he pushes to 22. That makes a lot of sense. No, no, he'll play zero. And if anyone had come out and said, well, you know what? After the guy in front of you goes injured, you're playing zero minutes. You'd call me crazy. You'd call me insane. You'd call anyone insane who said that. But that is the world of Wes Unsell Jr. This is what we deal with sometimes with NBA rotations and coaches. And that's why we make screw-ups with Dayron Sharp. And I've got something to say about that later on. Um, that's why we might look even like just, Hey, there might be some value in Muscala. Yeah, there would be if any sort of logic or common sense prevail, but unfortunately it does not. So we can't always rely upon that. Shout out to common sense. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangel Sportsbook. Score early this NFL season with Fangel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. If you win a $5 money line bet, that is it. Bet on your favorite team, straight up, money line, they win, you get 150 in bonus bets. And then you turn that bonus bets into bets on over-unders and totals and props and spreads and futures and whatever it is that you want to do, Fangio has it for you. So if you've been thinking about joining Fangio, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. So visit Fangio.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Fangio is an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. So we'll go in now to take a look at the next game, and it is our Chicago Bulls. Of course it is. Love love, love my Bulls. So the Bulls somehow get a victory over the Pacers, 112-105. And let's talk about the big fella in the middle, Nikola Vucevic. Big Vuce. Vuce Vucevic. 34 minutes, 24 and 17. And you might be out here saying, Josh, you told me he was trash. No, I didn't. What I told you was I think he was going to regress, but I'll be fair. He was shit the first couple of games, but he was actually really good here. This is an improvement. Big usage game, really strong efficiency, very good game from Vooch. We need it to be the majority of the games versus the minority, but good. Um, DeRozan, weird game. Not weird in terms of not hitting any threes because he never does it. 20 points on 32%. <clears throat> At least he hit his free throws. And then Levine, 10 of 11 from the field. Sorry, from the line. He also couldn't hit shots, 35%, and had 23, 5, and 1. Both of those guys are underperforming at the moment, I would suggest. And they should be better. I'm not sure that Patrick Williams will be, though. I just he's I just don't... I, he's not good. Like, I don't know what else to say. I just don't think at this point he's remotely close to an NBA-level starter. Torrey Craig outplayed him again. 19-4-1 for Craig with two steals and a block. While Williams had a triple one, but with nine points and four rebounds. And I just don't see any reason to be rostering Patrick Williams. As for Kobe White, he did have 7-2-3. That is not a very good line. I'm well aware of that. He shot 60% from the field. He hit a three. He did have an injury, um, played 25 minutes. I will hold. But honestly, if it does continue to this degree towards the end of this week, I would probably move on. And it would depend who is available on my waiver wire as to whether I hold him or not. Because if he is your worst player, then he is eminently expendable. I tweeted this out and then I forgot that no matter what you say, people will misinterpret anything that you say. So let me try to be as clear as I possibly can on this. When you are considering your roster, if your worst player is not a projected top 100 player from this point forward, the very moment you're about to hit add or drop, if, if, if you don't, whether it's my projections, somebody else's, your own projections, whatever it is, but if that player is not projected to be a top 100 guy, not what they've done, not from the first three games, not the 40th, 40th player versus on three games, that doesn't mean anything. 
from here on out, if this is a top 100, if the, if your worst player is not a top 100 player from this very microsecond moving forward, they are droppable. If your worst player is not that guy, they are droppable. You add the next guy in. You add the next guy in. You add the next guy in. You stream through. You try and hit, you know, op, you hit opportunities. Like You might look at this and go, well, do I want to add Keontae George? And we'll talk about him and the Jazz later on. Didn't start today. Not a surprise. Right? He's not going to start immediately. He will eventually. Not immediately. But you've got to look. Like is your worst, If your worst player is not looking like a top 100 player, then you move on from him. And if the guy you added didn't work, after you give them a, a, a decent amount of time, then you drop them and get the next guy. The idea is you want, if you can build a roster with 13 top 85 guys, you win your league. So you're cycling through to get it. So when I say, if your worst player is not a top 100 guy based on forward projections from here to the rest of the year, you can just move on. It's okay. It'll be okay in that scenario. So if White is that player for you, if Kobe White is your worst player and there is someone on the wire that you want to add, go for it. I'm probably going to sit on him for a little bit. But that is a very good blanket rule, I think, to implement. That's how I think, anyway. Javon Carter, only 18 minutes, but not bad. Triple one with 11 points, still not adding him. For the Pacers, Halliburton, 19, 5 and 13 with two steals. Didn't shoot that well, but pretty strong otherwise. Well, we got 32 minutes of Miles Turner, best game from him. 20 and 11 with a couple of blocks. And also, I I could look on every single team, I reckon, and tell you about guys that have been asked whether I can drop them. And Bruce Brown was one of them. 15 and 7 with 3 threes for Brucey at 24 fantasy points uh, is what he's averaging for the season. Uh, just, no, you, you hold on. Good bounce back. The question's going to be about Toppin, which I already answered earlier. Yes, we drop him. He had 6 and 8, while Aaron Neesmith, 27 off the bench. Now, Neesmith had two blocks, but he only took four shots and had 5, 4, and 3. Neesmith started most of last season, and none of us were clamoring to add him then, so you shouldn't be clamoring to add him now in 12 team leagues. He is fine as a deeper league sort of a player but not for 12s. Um, also got many, many questions about whether Jalen Smith was a 12-team ad. No, he's not. 8-2, steal, block, 16 minutes. He is a backup center. If Miles Turner was hurt, we would add Jalen Smith, but we don't because he's not. And Andrew Nampart is also not a 12-team league player. I know he had 10 assists in the opener. That was the game that stood out like dog's balls. It was not real. It was fake. He cannot do that on a continual basis. We saw this man play 34, 35 minutes a night as a starter and average like four assists. He is rostered. I'm looking at the numbers. He's rostered in like 18% of 12-team leagues, which is just too many. Again, somebody needs to get hurt for him to be there. Back to my point earlier about, hey, do you drop someone when they're the worst guy? I think an honest evaluation of your roster would suggest that maybe Buddy Heald's your worst player. 19 minutes, 11 points, three threes, four assists. Not bad, but there's not that pathway to big minutes for him on this team. There just isn't. So if you want to drop, I get it. As for um, Benedict Matherin, who are people also asking if he should be dropped, I would hold on. 28 minutes, 15 and four. No peripherals and bad shooting. Not a great combo. Maybe he is the same player as last season, but I'm going to give him a little bit longer to wait unless like a great option appears. It may, it may not, but... Yeah, that would be the carve out that I would give there, give there for old Humpty Dumpty himself. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Game Time app. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, comedy, theater, musicals, whatever it is near you. With killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Their all-in prices is a great feature because you know you go into a ticketing site and you see the price for a ticket and then they slap on 50% worth of fees. You go, bloody hell, I wasn't expecting that. Well, on Game Time, the price that you see is the price that you pay. Everything is included in that all-in price. So there's no surprises when you head to checkout. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA. Sorry, I sort of spelled it. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. So, that would bring us slowly through to Game 3. 
Brooklyn and Charlotte is what we're looking at here. The Nets get the big victory over the Hornets. 133-121 is the final score here. Um, there was no Claxton or no Cam Johnson, and then Spencer Dinwiddie got hurt in the first half and didn't return. So that skews some of the stuff. Let's look at Mikhail Bridges. 38 minutes, 21-7-4 with the triple one. He hadn't started out fantastically. This is much better. Shot 77% to get here, but only 21 usage because there is a bloke in the starting lineup who may have a tendency to hog the ball. And I don't think that is great for Bridges. And his name is Cam Thomas who played 38 minutes, had 33 points. But of course, there's nothing else there. He is so, so dependent on scoring. Now, this is still really good. But if you want to know the truth, it's actually the fourth best fantasy line for category leagues on his own team, despite scoring 33 points. Because he hit only one three. He had two rebounds, two assists, no steals, no blocks. He hit 59 from the field. Amazing. He hit... 13 of 14, sorry, 12 of 14 from the line. Very, very good. But there is going to be a game where he does not hit shots and he does not bring anything else. That is the problem. He's still a must-roster player, but what happens when Johnson, when Claxton even, or if Dinwiddie plays, I don't know where it goes. Does he start? Do the shots stop falling? He's great, but he relies so much on -on one-on-one step-back shots that I'm I'm, I'm just... very skeptical of a continuing at this level. He is an unbelievably good scorer, one of the best pure scorers that we have seen enter the NBA in the last four or five years. It's just everything else with his game is still lacking. And again, you see that in this line. Don't get blinded solely by 33 points. It's great. Don't get me wrong. Don't get solely blinded. Is Ben Simmons back? Maybe. Maybe. Simmons actually, so far this season for category leagues, he's a top 35 player. And when I was reaching for him sometimes into round eight, I didn't expect that. But 11, 10, and eight with a block, 83% shooting, one of two from the line. That 30-minute Jacques Vaughn bullshit's gone. That's great. And Finney Smith was also really good. 19 and seven, one steal, two blocks, and four threes. He might be worth a stream if these players remain out. The next question's going to be, if there's... Another player, there's a bunch of about five or six players in the NBA that for some reason, my valuation of them disconnects with um, NBA central fans or, or just the general fan. And one of them is Lonnie Walker. So as soon as Lonnie Walker does something, is it Lonnie Walker time? Uh, maybe. 19-5-4 and four with a steal and a block. But I have seen the Lonnie Walker story read to me out loud very many times. I've heard it so many times. He'll do this, and then he'll come out and have 12 points with one rebound on 42% shooting, and then eventually he'll get phased out of the rotation like he was to begin the season. It helps that there are three players out at the moment. Walker has, has historically not been a good category league player. So... Unless it really suits your schedule, and unless we get terrible news on Spencer Dinwiddie and his injury, I would not add Lonnie Walker. Coming from a place of someone who has absolutely zero belief in Lonnie Walker as an NBA player. I, I just don't. That is why probably he's been on minimum contracts the last couple of years. Actually, no, he wasn't. Was he a minimum in LA? No, he wasn't. I think he was on a mid-level exception contract. He's on a minimum this year. Dayron Sharp. I told you I was going to talk about it. This is what pisses me off about the Dayron Sharp thing. Like, hey, it might be a good stream. Like, he starts out. Like, all he needs is a, is a solid amount of minutes to, to put up really big numbers. And I think I called this the other day. I said, look, watch. If he gets, like, 12 minutes, he'll get, like, a double-double with two blocks. I was a little bit off. He played 10 minutes. He had 11 and 8 with a block in 10 minutes. This is why I liked him as a stream. I couldn't have foreseen that he would play three minutes. 10 minutes is also weirdly low. But he was good. Don't add him. For the Hornets... Um, Let's start with the trash bag that is LaMelo Ball. Yeah, I told you it was trash, Josh. Um, 22 minutes, 8-3-8. Eight, and eight, and there's going to be a smart ass somewhere that comments or leaves a comment, man, I bet you are regretting being high on him now. <sighs> Not really. Because A, I don't think I was that high or higher on him than others because I did constantly preach to you about the two-game playoff week for him. But also, I know he's better than this. It's not that hard. This is a bad night. 25% shooting is bad. He, what, did he foul out? Yeah, he fouled out in 22 minutes. That's why the low minutes. Eight, three, and eight with two steals is not great. But it is actually pretty good to get eight assists and two steals in 22 minutes. He's going to, maybe he's just a gigantic bylaw. I think he might be. So I'm not really that worried. 
did I bury the lead again by not talking about Brandon Miller? Because you were wrong on him, Josh. Um, I just forgot to talk. Let's talk him now. 36 minutes, 22 and 9. Very, very strong from Miller. Really good counting stats. And the most surprising thing to me there is the huge minutes. Now, there are a lot of caveats that we always have to look at. No Miles Bridges, limited minutes for LaMelo Ball. Me and Terry played at the one, so Miller was able to slot in, and he was great. It wasn't like he was hyper-efficient, 44%, but he was great getting to the line. He's got a real strong path here at the moment with a bunch of guys out. Bridges, Booknight, Martin, Nilakina. All these guys are out who could be rotation guys, two of them in particular, to put up a strong run of numbers. I'm still not sure like what happens when Bridges returns. Like How much does he actually play? I'm not sure, but he was quite good here and no problem with him being on a roster at this point. Gordon Haywood should also be rostered. 15 points, five assists, two steals, and a block. And we'll talk a little bit about Mark Williams. Why did he only play 13, 23 minutes? Sorry. Well, first of all, let's look at the numbers. 18 and 7 on 100% shooting is great. So you dodged a bullet. With the low minutes, he still produced well. He played those low minutes because the Nets are going extremely small and the Hornets are able to run PJ Washington as a small ball center, which Clifford did for zero minutes last season, but he's done it more this year. You don't need to worry too much about Mark Williams. This is a weirdly unique matchup. While PJ had 15 and 12 and missed his only free throw, but otherwise a pretty strong night from old mate Paul Washington Jr. Um, yeah. Do you want to... Um, do you want to talk about the next one? Because it's going to be pretty fun. It's going to be pretty exciting. I am absolutely stoked to present to you the... I'm not, I'm not actually. I'll, I'll, maybe I won't do it because it's a bit harsh because I know you guys must be hurting. But the Raptors lost to the Blazers at home while Portland was on the second night of a back-to-back without Robert Williams and Anthony Simon. So there you go. 99 Portland, 91 Toronto. Toronto fans, I actually do. I actually do like you guys and I do like Toronto. I My criticisms of the Raptors is I just... I've hated what they've done team building. I think it's been stupid. And I think that they need to do something better and different. And this is bad. It's bad. And I I know that Raptors fans, you know that it's bad. And this is me being honest, not hating on them. Let's talk Portland. Because Dominaton had 23 rebounds with a steal and two blocks. The big fella still attempted zero free throws because why would you why wouldn't you use a, a body that's built like Josh Lloyd to bang in there and you really just have blokes hanging off you why wouldn't you try and draw some free throws instead of like little touch soft fadeaways I don't know but anyway good game from him without Rob Williams there again there are some confusions with things man would you rather have Rob Williams or Aiton in a points league are they going to just split minutes down the middle no I don't think so I would rather have Aiton he's going to be frustrating we know this but he's still going to be the better player I believe Shaden Sharp played 38, 14, 5, and 3, one steal and two blocks. And it's a really tough night for the Scoot Henderson and his trash crowd. Not to say that he was awesome, right? But you can see the improvements. And that is exactly what happens with rookie point guards. 11, 4, 7, two steals. He fouled out. He didn't shoot that well. But we're getting there. You hang tight. Also, the Jeremy Grant drop crew. 22 and 6, steal, block, 44%, two threes. It happens every single year. I have done this for almost 4,000 shows, plus all of my time playing fantasy basketball before this. These games happen at many times during the season, but the overreactions amplify. So whatever you're thinking of doing drop-wise, just, have a, just quickly pull back and go, really? Am I actually going to do this? Because a lot of the time, the answer should be, nah, I'll just wait. Shout out to when we get down to the Jazz game, and let's have a look how Walker Kessler went today. Uh, Tamani Kamara got the minutes battle over Jabari Walker. Not that he produced fantastically 3-7, and seven, but those extra minutes are important for deeper leagues. Brogdon's a must roster, 21 points with 5 assists, while Thibault uh, 100% is not. 19 minutes, 9 points. He hit three threes. He was 75% shooting. They just can't get him out there. You just can't play him enough. He is not a 12-team league guy. As for the Raptors, there was no pressure to chew in this game. So finally, we got 28 minutes from droppable legend Yucca Pirtle. 14 and 10 with a block on 75% shooting. You just hold tight. Another really solid game from Scott Barnes. 28 usage, 20 and 12, two steals and a block on 42%. I love that he hit his free throws. The shooting numbers are still not great, but his attempts are up. Well, again, don't panic on Pascal Siakam. He hasn't been good. All right, he hasn't been good. 20 and 6, no threes, 42 from the field, 67 from the line. That's not good. Don't panic. He'll be better. Um, crampings aside, OG Anobi was able to return through that disastrous um, 
I don't know, man. Lucky, lucky we um, said prayers for him. He got through the cramps. He was able to play 30 minutes, 10 points, two threes, two steals, one block on 33% shooting. Not a great night. I guess the cramps were bothering him. While Schroeder played 32 minutes, 10, 1, and 8. This is probably more realistic for Schroeder, not those big, big scoring nights. He's still a 12-team guy, and he's still a guy that's going to produce okay, but some of those earlier season numbers were probably not there. But one of the big things that I think is important, and is it because I don't think he's very good? Yeah, that is why I'm going to highlight it. Gary Trent played 19 minutes. He had three points on 14% shooting, while Grady Dick, Turkey slapped him. Four and six, two steals in 21 minutes for Grady. Um... You know my thoughts on Gaz Trent, a highly, highly, highly overrated player that needs to start and play 35 minutes to be worth a 12-team league roster spot. He is still rostered literally everywhere. Like, everywhere's got him rostered in 12 teams. Why? I don't know. But they, you do not need to roster him. Do I think that Dick will play 21 minutes and Trent will play 19 each night? No, but they should. And while that starting five is intact, it's really hard for me to think that Gaz Trent is remotely close to being a 12-team league player. But am I biased because I don't think he's very good? Perhaps. The Wolves, they lose to the Hawks, 113-127. Goose played 38 minutes, Anthony Edwards, 31-5-7 on 62% shooting, missed his only free throw. I would say he's been disappointing if you drafted him in round two, but otherwise solid. Gobert, oh, maybe he's turning into a little bit of a bargain here. 31 minutes, 14 and 13 with one steal and two blocks. While Towns played a lot, 16, uh, sorry, 36 minutes. Not the greatest night from Towns. He had 16 and 10, no blocks. And we're sort of settling into what we can expect from Towns. We got the season debut of Jaden McDaniels, who was pretty good. 12 points, two threes, a block, 24 minutes. That will ramp up. I still don't think that he's a guaranteed top 100 category league player, but that was strong. But what we also wanted to see was what the return of McDaniels would do to Anderson and Reed. And we still don't fully know because there's probably another six to seven minutes there that Jaden will play. Anderson played 25 minutes, four, two, and five, two steals and a block, which is totally fine. It's reasonable. It's okay. But if we're in that situation where somebody hot appears on the waiver wire and we need to make a move, I would have no compunction in dropping Kyle Anderson because the path to getting those big enough minutes to impact stuff for fantasy probably isn't there. Nas Reed was able to get some stuff done, 13 points, but really, like that's a Jordan Clarkson there. 13 points, one rebound, no assists, no steals, no blocks. You're a center, my guy. Any chance of anything else? Hold for now won't guarantee that he stays there. And I'll, I will also say the same for Conley. 6-2-3 and three in 28 minutes is rough. 22% shooting is bad. He probably is still worth a hold, but if he's a 27-28 minute guy who doesn't generate assists, that's not really going to be 12-team worth it. Hold for now. For the Hawks, what I gained from DeJounte Murray, he'd been pretty quiet early on, and then he dropped like 25 points, I think it was, in the third quarter. 41-7-5 with two steals, 71% shooting, fantastic. Trey Young also was better. He wasn't great, but he was better. 24-1-8 and 35. And Jalen Johnson played 33 minutes, including the majority of the second half. 12-5-3, triple one, clear must roster player. Still available in lots of spots, guys. Still available, going at him. I would not bother holding the depressed penis Sadiq Bay. 11-6 with three threes. Perfectly cromulent as a streaming option. But that does not mean you need to hold him. I was getting into a discussion with someone who told me that I was wrong for saying that he was a drop. And they said, he's not a drop, he's a streamer. Yeah, exactly. If you consider someone a streaming option, that means they are droppable. If you are only looking at someone you bring in when the schedule suits, they are a droppable player. And in Bay moving to the bench, cup, cups, cups, caps his upside enough that would, if I want to move on from him, I move on. I'm not losing anything by moving on from him, I don't think. I'm burying the lead here a little bit as well, and I'll keep burying it because I want to talk to Andre Hunter, who played 30 minutes, 16, 4, and 2. That's okay. Right? We've seen a few little flashes from Hunter. I'm not averse to give him a crack. Like, if I had Bay and I wanted Hunter, I'd make the switch. So I'm not convinced, but I'd make it. Let's talk centers, though. Capella, 23 minutes. Five blocks, but 23 minutes, 2 and 5. A Kongwu, 24 minutes, including basically playing the entire fourth. 10, 7, 3, 100 from the field, 100 from the line. This is why we preached a little bit of patience. He didn't need to play next to Capella. He played more minutes than Capella. Will that be an ongoing thing? I honestly also don't know. But I feel like his impact on the team is so strong that he will get 20 plus minutes every night and be useful enough for fantasy. And despite all the complaints, he's still a top 120 player this season. 
and it will continue to improve. Bogdanovich, only 20 minutes, 8-1-4. and four. Yeah, still okay to hold as a 12-team league guy, but you know, if there are other things that you need to do, it's not the end of the world to bring somebody, uh, somebody out else into your roster at that point. Let us go to the Detroit Pistons and the Oklahoma City Thunder. This was a back-to-back for OKC, and everyone played. So your worries there, you can drop off. For the Pistons, big game from Jaden Ivey. 20 points, four threes, a steal, a block, but 19 minutes. So that's great that he did that. 31 usage, low minutes. That doesn't convince me that he's going to be this awesome option moving forward. I do think there will be a time when he does get some minutes back over Killian Hayes, but there's still Morris and Bogdanovich and Livers to return. And as for Hayes, he was actually okay-ish. He did the thing that I said that maybe he can do, and that's provide budget Rubio-type numbers. Seven assists and a steal with a three. That's okay for some deeper leagues. Asar Thompson started out horribly, finished strongly, had cramps in the middle of the game, returned, and 15-10-3, one steal, three blocks, 43%. Absolute guaranteed, 100% must roster player. No arguments. Don't fight me on it. Or you can fight me. You'll probably win, but physically... But he's a master roster. Stop mucking around with this shit. Alec Burks. Alec Burks. People go, Josh, you should just replicate all the sound bites yourself. I can't. It's stupid. I can't do it. Not your stupid. It, I, I, it'd be stupid, I think, to do it. That one I can do. 11, 2, and 7 for Burks. He, he has some value while guys are out. While Isaiah Stewart, for his, I, I know you all think, hey, man, Stewart's been really good this season. And I guess on the surface, we'd think that. Then I go look at where he's ranked, and it's 131st. I go, ah, ah that's just. That's sort of just Isaiah Stewart, yeah? I don't mind having him on a roster, but that's a bit... Eh. It it wasn't great from two good guys. Jalen Duran, 23 minutes, 8 and 7 is rough. 36% from the field is rough. Those big assist numbers disappeared. Don't panic. There will be better nights than this. He did, I think, suffer a bit of an ankle tweak at some point. He came back, he was fine. Also, not a great game from Cade Cunningham. But when Cade Cunningham's not having a great game, and I still get... 17, 2, and 5 with three threes. I feel all right about it. Now, he shot horribly 33% from the field. He had seven early turnovers, which is obviously terrible also. He's alternated great game, bad game, great game, bad game. We need to get that ratio going higher towards good games. But this clearly wasn't his best performance. For the Thunder, Shea Gildas-Alexander. There we go. Some free throw attempts. 9 of 9 from the line. 32, 9, and 4 with three steals. While Chet Holmgren, 24 minutes on the back-to-back. 14 and 4 with four threes, with two steals, with four blocks. Man, what? That's awesome. That's in that those minutes, that's sick. Also, a really strong game from the Bronco. Jalen Williams had 19, 7, and 6. And the slob wizard himself, Josh Giddy, 21 and 7 with a steal and a block. Now, Giddy's start to the season's been bad, but this was really, really good. So great to see all these guys loading up. Also, shout out to Lou Dort, who very clearly is not a 12-team league player. Seven points in 26 minutes. He did have two steals, which makes him streamable on lower volume days, but that is it. Not much else going on there. Alexei Pokashevsky out of the rotation. Deeper leagues want to look at Olivier Saar, who had three blocks in 21 minutes. And Kaysan Wallace played 22 minutes. Didn't do a huge amount, but he is going to be a starting caliber player in the NBA, I think, very, very shortly. I don't, I don't know how long it's going to be, but it's not going to be that long. Dallas, Memphis. By the way, the Grizzlies are 0-4 to start this season. Dallas 125, Memphis 110. Kyrie Irving out of nowhere, a foot sprain. Okay, so they started Josh Green, who had 12 points in 34 minutes. We do not need to roster Josh Green. Well, Derek Lively had insane foul trouble. Five fouls in 14 minutes. Two and six with a block. And to be honest with you, getting six rebounds at a block in 14 minutes out of a guy is actually probably enough. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but the reason you have Derek Lively is to approach a double-double. He didn't. He scored two points. Now, in points leagues, very different story. He, Derek Lively in a points league, 100% not must roster. Don't get it twisted. This is a category league only one. But get, you got a block. You got six rebounds in an extreme foul trouble game. If you've got him, you've got to have a bit more patience. Grant Williams, stream of the day. We'll talk about that later. 15 points, four threes, good game. Nice little 14-team league player. And we've got... Somehow, Derek Jones Jr. scored 22 points. Ah, obviously, this game was rigged. 22 points with four threes, not much else. I couldn't buy that less if I tried. Timmy Hardaway had 21 points with 29 minutes and three threes. If Kyrie remains out, Tim can be okay, but it's all going to depend on getting value on quality game days for Tim and any of these guys you look at. And I'm not sure the Mavericks have a great schedule. While Luka Doncic, 
Not great from the line, 7 of 10, but the rest is sick. 35, 12, and 12 is six dribbles of steel and a block. And I need everyone to completely understand, again, my take on Luka Doncic about why I didn't want to take him at pick two or pick three or pick four. It's because I thought he was relatively equivalent to Shea and to Embiid and to Halliburton there. And then his two-game playoff schedule is the tiebreaker. But when someone is clearly better than somebody else, that doesn't come into play. Now, Luka's been really strong to start this season. No question that. And I never said that he was bad. I don't know why anyone would think that me... Luka Doncic fan would think that he was bad, but that was always the deciding factor. Huge, huge hot streak for Luka. If this continues, I would definitely try to sell him for one of those other guys, like Shea, to get those extra playoff games in. I would try it. For the Grizzlies, absolutely unbelievable start from Marcus Smart this season. He's shooting the lights out. Another 50% three-point shooting game. Let me, let me just brace you for something. Hold on. Because you are going to get dicked over hard. He is going to have a stretch of horrible shooting. 23, 5, and 9 with three steals is amazing. And the other thing that's happening in Memphis is Taylor Jenkins is not limiting guys to 32 minutes. He's just going wild here. 37 for Bain. 35 to Smart. Now, Bain had 30 and 6 with three threes in a great game. While Jaron played 34 minutes. 30 and 9, two blocks and three threes. Big numbers from these guys. Zaire, Zaire was all right. Nothing great, but all right. Eight points, seven rebounds. He's a solid enough 14-team league guy. Well, the cashier struggled, but I think it's really important to look at context around Xavier Tillman because you're going a six and seven, bloody hell, that's shithouse. But it's actually not, right? And I'll tell you why. Am I just defending him? No. I think it's always important to look at context because let's ignore the points because he shot 21% from the field. This is a man who's usually going to be 55-60. And what did he go? Out of 14 shots, he hit, as I quickly look at it, three. So let's say he goes, let's just make it 7 of 14. 50% shooting, not even a good night. That's four extra field goals. We'll make them all twos. That's eight points. And then it's 14-7, two steals, a block, 50% shooting. And we go, you know what? Actually really good. It's just a bad shooting night. And yes, he missed all three of his free throws. Again, is he a 0% free throw shooter? No. So do not drop Xavier Tillman because of this game. Don't look at his fantasy point total for the game and drop him. Don't look at his output or his fantasy daily rank and drop him. It is a very obvious thing where he goes, well, he shot horribly, and it just won't be that way. The minutes were fine, 29 of them. The shot attempts were great. The defensive stats were, were solid. All of the other stuff was good. The shots just did not fall. And I don't think there's much else to talk about there. From the Grizzlies, Derek Rose, woof, one point in 14 minutes. Yeah, he is going to be out of the rotation as soon as they can afford to. For the Golden State Warriors and the New Orleans Pelicans, that is the next game. Shout out to Kingy, by the way, who went over and was at this game and saw the Pelicans get smacked. Brandon Ingram was a last-minute withdrawal. 130 for the Warriors, 102 New Orleans. Steph continues to dominate. Steph is the number one player, or was the number one player last week in fantasy. 42-5-5 and five with seven threes on 68% shooting. Clay Thompson was out of this game with knee soreness. No shock there. They started Moses Moody, who was all right. 13-3-4. I really do think Moody can be a quality starter. It just won't happen on this team. Chris Paul did not start with Steph out, but 13-6-5 uh, with two steals. While well, we had a big Trace Jackson-Davis game with Kaminga out, he played 20 minutes and had 13-9 with four blocks. That is eye-opening. I don't think the path for him to do this regularly is there, but that is intriguing. We had 23 Brandon Prajemski minutes, 5-8, which is all right but we don't do anything with that. While Kevon Looney, 8-7. and seven. Looney is still rostered in basically every 12-team league, and I, I just wouldn't do it. I just don't see any appeal for it. There's no upside, and it just is a specialist situation only. Draymond will be better, but he played the back-to-back, -back, 22 minutes, 6-6-7 six, six, and seven is all right. And Wiggins, I have been told that Wiggins might be just dealing with some small injuries that is obviously bothering him. This is, you don't... Again, I just sometimes hear things and I just go, well, what's happening? Someone said, yeah, Wiggins has always been trash in points leagues. No, he hasn't. Like he's routinely ranked 60, 70 spots higher in points leagues and category leagues. This is next level horrendous though from Wiggins. And the only reason I'm considering holding him is the track record. Because he had nine points in 20 minutes. There's got to be something going on here. This is just, he doesn't, you don't just become dreadful over one off season. There is something weird happening here, and I'll hold for now, but it is... Look, he's outside the top 300 this season. There is something really terrible happening, and it's got to turn around, but we have got patience. It is week two. We have some patience. For the Pelicans, with no Brandon Ingram, 
They started Jordan Hawkins. He had 14 and five, two threes, two steals in 35 minutes. Really good. I don't think we need to add him anywhere, but that was really good. But also, we played Matt Ryan 27 minutes. 12 points, two threes, or three threes. Deeper leagues, maybe. Valanciunas, only 23 minutes again. The pattern is back, guys. The pattern is back. 11 and 6 with a pair of blocks. While it wasn't a good night from Zion, bad from the line, bad from the field. 19, 5 and 3 with two steals. Herb Jones turned back into Herb Jones, but he did have foul trouble, so we've got to be fair to him. But four points, two rebounds. He, to me, still remains a steals specialist. He had two steals and a block, which is great, but he dropped off. While McCullum struggled with both percentages, 19, 6 and 5. Good counting stats. Good volume, but overall, just a disaster game for the Pelicans with that late Ingram withdrawal. Let's look at the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks. We had the return of Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry, not Kyle Lowry, um, Kevin Love, but Bam Adebayo was a late withdrawal. So they started Thomas Bryant. He had 10-2 and two in 22 minutes, and I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but if they haven't realized it already, and I don't know how they haven't, surely the tipping point comes where they realize Orlando Robinson is better. 26 minutes for Orlando, 11, 7, and 7. Tom Bryant, 10 and 2, minus 12, almost team worst. Like It's not, this is easier to see, and I hope they realize it. Hero was great. He's playing a lot of minutes, though. 42 minutes, 35, 8, and 3. While Butler continues to be, like, bad, like, actively not good. 13, 4, and 4, 29 minutes. It's a huge buy low on Jimmy. Like, but this is really quite poor. Josh Richardson returns six points in 23, while Kevin Love, after that first game, there were some people believing that maybe he could be a 12-team league guy. I was not one of them. And it's looking like I was right on that. Jaime Huckers played 23 minutes for eight points, while Lowry had eight, four, and four with two steals. And Kyle Lowry's eight, four, and four is double-cheeked up. But it's also, interestingly enough, a streamer-type line. 12-team stream, you could do that. Let's talk Nikolajovic, who started the last game. And I got, I don't know why I get, why does everyone love this guy? I get so many questions about him. Man, do I just add him for 12-team leagues? Like, no, you don't. He played zero minutes in the first three quarters. The game, they got sort of well behind. They put him in. And to be fair to Jovic, he played very well in that time that he was in and helped bring them back into the game. He led the team with a plus nine. He had five and four and took two shots. There is... Absolutely no reason in my mind to expect that Jovic is going to be a 12-team league guy anytime soon. I would not bother stashing him. But as you're aware, I am well below expectations on him in terms of how I view him as a player and a prospect. But he started one game, and now he has played seven minutes combined in the other three. It is safe to say at this point that the Heat have not turned into the same fans that seem to love what Jovic does. That could change, but it hasn't. For the Bucks, we saw... Um, Everyone play on the back-to-back. Let's talk Yanni. 33-7 and seven with a block and 73 from the line. I would say so far, Giannis' free throws have looked a little bit better. And Lillard bounced back with 25-5-4, and four, but a very, very good game from Bobby Portis. And there are a couple of things to look at here. You can sit here and jerk off over 16-8-2 and two with two steals and a block. Don't mind me. I've jerked off over those sort of lines plenty of times. But he also still only played 19 minutes. And that's, that's the red flag to me, is the low amount of minutes that Portis is playing almost strictly as a backup center. And that makes him hard to roster as a must-roster player. As for Brook Lopez, it is definitely not last season's Brook Lopez. We knew that that would be the case, but it's probably worse than you expected. Don't drop him. Hold him. 11-7 and seven with a triple one for him. While Middleton played look, an extra minute, 5-2-5 five, and five with a steal. They were incredibly slow with him last season. I am starting to get worried that his knee is just completely rooted and that would make that contract they gave him a little bit curious, but maybe that was just, we've got to do it to get Giannis to sign. I'm uh, I'm a little concerned here. What else happened in this one? Uh, Crowder moved back to the bench and had eight and five with a steal and a block, which is better than what he does when he is starting. So let's do the next one. It is the Utah Kesslers against the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets win at 110-102. Let's start with the big fella, who I've never seen as many words written panicking about someone in my life. Walker Kessler, 29 minutes, 22 and 13 with a block on 91% shooting. Fantastic. I still remain low on him compared to others' expectations, but also the overreactions were absolutely insane. No, you don't drop him. Yes, the extra minutes here were maybe because they were going up against Jokic. Cool. Still must roster the player, yeah? Good. We're back on that. We don't have to worry about dropping him. Larry Markin was fantastic, 27, 14, and 5. 
Let's check in on the point guard situation and... Yeah. 30 minutes for Taylor Horton Tucker. 16-3-8. and eight, 58% shooting. I just... I just can't. I can't with this bloke. I can't with this team. I've got Keontae George stashed and I will do it for a few more weeks. I just... Yeah. That's good from Horton Tucker. There's no doubting that's good. I just don't trust him to maintain this role. Olenek played 18 minutes, had 3, 4, and 5 with 3 steals, missed his only 2 shots. He's probably not a 12-team league guy. And Sexton, 20 minutes or under 20 minutes again, 17 in fact, 12 points. You do not need to roster him. Johnny Collins um, took a lot of shots, 16 of them. Um, didn't hit many, 15 and 9. Missed all of his free throws and was 44% from the field. He's been okay, but I'd say he's been like bang on what, you, or what I expected anyway. A later round player around the top 100. He's not even top 100 so far. It's fine. Clarkson stunk. Four points, 20%, six assists. Not sure he's a must-roster player. I like what he can do usually scoring-wise. But that's not really happening at the moment. And there's just so much uncertainty around everybody. As for Keontae George, the speaker, not a great night. He did play 20 minutes. 17% shooting is rough. 12, uh, 12 usage is bad. 3-1-2 and two is bad. Now, just understand this. I am stashing Keontae George, me personally, Josh Lord, and my personal teams. I would suggest that it's not a bad idea to have a look at because I don't truly believe in Taylor Norton Tucker at all. But everything that I've said about Scoot Henderson applies to Keontae George. I think there's going to be a lot of roughness from him early on. He's a rookie who went outside the lottery, who's a point guard who had some struggles with efficiency in college, and he might do the same again. The upside is very tantalizing. No, he is not this season's Jalen Williams, a very, very different type of player. And it might not work out at all, but that is what the beginning of the season is for. Because if it doesn't work out, I can find a Taylor Horton Tucker or a Mike Conley or whatever off the waiver wire later on. I can find these sort of players. But if it does work out and this guy can give me top 75-ish numbers for the final three months, then I'm, I'm wrapped. I'm loving it. But yeah, the chances of it happening aren't particularly high, but we use this portion of the season to try and get ahead. If your league is asleep at the wheel, you can leave him then. You can just grab him after he actually gets announced as a starter. My leagues, most of these ones, most guys are switched on and the guys go ahead of schedule. So I've got to sort of take some L's on some of this stuff if I'm going to deal with like trying to get... And look, I, I won't hold forever. I always have a, a sort of Thanksgiving cutoff for these players. And if nothing's happening by then, I move on. Usually, actually, it's look, November 15th to Thanksgiving, that sort of time frame. If nothing's cracking by then, we say see you later. And this was not good, very clearly. For the Nuggets... Jokic, uh, 27, 10, and 11. Great field goals, bad free throws. While well, the headmaster had 14 assists. You don't really get that from Jamal Murray too much. 18, 3, and 4 with two blocks. KCP, yeah, like two blocks is great. Not reliable. One steal is okay. Eight points, 33 minutes. I'm still not convinced that he's must roster. While well, Aaron Gordon had 21 and 7, and Magaponda Jr., 19 minutes, eight points, two threes. Don't be too worried about that. Michael Malone said after the game that he screwed up by not getting him back into the game. Porter had been playing really, really well prior to this, so don't get too worried. Well, again, there were people asking me, hey, do I go and add Peyton Watson after they smack the Thunder on Sunday? This is why you don't. Five and two in 15 minutes with a block. He re the difference between him and like Keontae George is that Peyton Watson requires somebody to get hurt, and you just never know if or when that'll happen. Keontae George requires that Will Hardy goes, Taylor Horton Tucker's not it. And there is very clear, obvious pathways for that to happen. That is the difference. And Watson doesn't really provide the value unless he's moving in to a solid role vacated by someone due to injury. Aaron Gordon, better minutes here, 21 and 7. We know he's going to be bad from the line, so that will always skew his ranking, but he's pretty solid. Well, big minutes for Christian Brown here. And he was the guy getting the minutes over Porter, 9 and 8 in 30 minutes. So we love those minutes. He was great against the Thunder, but he is not, I don't believe, anywhere close to being a 12-team league player. And now we go to the last game of the night. Pretty tight one. The Lakers pull it out in the end. 106-103, the final score. How about the big fella, Gary Harris? Off the bench, 21 minutes. Now, I don't know whether Harris will play tomorrow because it is a back-to-back. -back. We know he's got plenty of hamstring issues. But he was great here. 17 points and five threes. Hit all of his shots. Obviously, he's not anything of a 12-team league player. But Markel Fultz is. And there were a lot of people panicking about Fultz. Hopefully, we settle the panic down. 14, 4, and 8, 1 steal, 2 blocks, took 16 shots, shot 44%. Great. Love it. Back in business. We're good. People were panicking about Wendell Carter Jr. as well, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this is a great line. 10 and 8, a 3, a block, 50% shooting. Look, it's okay, 
but he played 35 minutes, and that was the worry. I had some people worrying that he was going to split minutes with Mo Wagner. No, he will be their starting center, and that is encouraging. Jalen Suggs also has, after a struggle, really struggle game in the first one, he's been much better. 15 and 8 with three threes. I wasn't keen on holding on to him. I'm still not fully there, but I am fully there in adding him because of how the schedule plays out this week. And then maybe I'll be proven wrong and maybe he does turn into a solid player. 15 and 8 with three threes was really good. And Franz Wagner didn't shoot well. In fact, he shot shit house 29%, but 16, 8, and 4, two steals, two threes is really good. Um, let's talk about what isn't good, and that is Polo Bunkero. 9, 5, and 5, 29% from the field, 0 of 2 from the line, only 30 minutes, minus 12. He stunk. Now, he was, I thought, impressive last season. He wasn't their best player. That was Franz Wagner. But Bunkero has really, really struggled to begin this season. I would not drop him, um, especially not in points leagues. But he needs to get better because he is not looking great. 21 minutes only for Cole Anthony. 12-3-2 with three steals, but that's still usable. And if you added Cole Anthony, it was for the schedule mainly this week. So you hold because they play tomorrow and they play Thursday. After that, we can see what happens and you can decide to move on. But... Um, that's good enough to hold, and it's definitely good enough to use through the schedule this week. On to the Lakers. Let's talk about the crucifix, Christian Wood. Really, really good to see Christian Wood put up these sort of numbers. Nine and nine with three blocks is a good game from Wood. The problem is, is there's no minute reliability because what he played like 16 minutes yesterday. Nine and nine with three blocks is great. Looks like it's going to be up and down with him through the year. He's streaming him. You can try him. I wouldn't say that he's must roster. Anthony Davis was awesome. He's been unbelievable this season. 26, apart from the first second half of the first game. 26 and 19, five assists and three blocks is great. Well, D'Angelo Russell's getting a ton of minutes. He's been awesome as well. One of the best later round picks so far, I would say. 28 and eight with a steal and a block. And um, Cam Reddish played 14 minutes for some reason. And Torian Prince, the roller coaster continues. Four points after going off yesterday and being terrible the game before and going off the game before. Really hard to rely upon that, obviously, and you just you can't have that as a must-roster guy. Let's talk Austin Reeves, though, because he was better. He's still not playing well. Only 42% shooting, but he played 31 minutes. 11-3-3, I'll take it, but he didn't close the game for them. There's definitely some worry signs here, which for a guy that was so very clearly their third-best player last season and put up dominating playoff performances, I don't really know how to explain this. I'm definitely not dropping Austin Reeves, but it has not been a good start. Um, he just needs to play better. Simple as that. It is a slump. And I can't say I'm not 100% concerned, but I do know that because I've literally seen him play better in the playoffs at a higher level than this, that I know he can do it. I just I just hopefully need to see him do it because at the moment, again, it is, um, it is definitely a struggle at this point. Let's go in and have a look at the stream of the day recap. Where are we at with that? Let's see how it went. Um, our 12-team streamer for today was Jalen Johnson, 12-5-3-1-1. That is as obvious as it gets. The 12-team point streamer was Jalen Johnson. He had 26.5 fantasy points. Great Ws there. The 14-team streamer was Grant Williams. He had 15-3-2. A W there. The 16-team streamer was Malik Beasley. I didn't fit it on the graphic there. But he, uh, had, like, he wasn't great, but he was good enough for a 16-team league. So overall, I'd say... We did pretty well with those um, with those streaming options. That'll bring us in now to talk about the lines of the night. Actually, no. Oh, yeah. No, your lines of the night. That's where we're going. The monstrous line of the night, the best performance of the day for category leagues is how we like to do this or how I like to do it. Some of you might not like it, but that's just how we do it. Um, we're going to look at the monstrous line of the night. It is DeJounte Murray, 41 points, seven rebounds, and five assists. He gets your monstrous Line of the night, your um, waiver wire line of the night is coming up next. So the player that's available in over 50% of leagues who had the best performance. So your waiver wire line of the night for Monday's games is not coming up for some reason. I hit the wrong button. There we go. This is better. Dorian Finney-Smith, 19.7 rebounds and two blocks. With guys out, he's at least considered streamable. Your young gun of the night, which is the best performing player in their first or second season. I think I think this guy is going to get a few of these this season. So we're going to Oklahoma City with Chet Holmgood. 14 points, four rebounds, four triples, four blocks, whole lot of fours there. And then I wasn't without um I wasn't without selections for the dud of the night, which is the worst performing category league player who's rostered in over 70% of leagues. 
We are going to go with Jordan Clarkson. That is the wrong button. Not Sorry, Chet, not you. Oh, some production issues here for sure. Let's try again. It is Jordan Clarkson. Four points, three rebounds, and 20% shooting brings him to be the worst player of the day. The top six players now we look at for category leagues. Uh, for today, we'll go into those ones now. Your top six players, number one was DeJounte Murray, followed by Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Shea Gildas-Alexander, and Jalen Brown. Your top six players available in over 50% of leagues. Dorian Finney-Smith, yep, maybe. Gary Harris, probably not. Jaden Ivey, great. I'm not sure he's a 12-team league guy. Orlando Robinson, no, we just keep that up here. Same as we do with Trace Jackson-Davis, because both of them were really good. The opportunities just aren't there yet. And then Taylor Horton-Tucker was really strong. I still do not buy it, but if you are a Taylor Horton-Tucker, believe it. Believer, this one gives you a big thumbs up, so you like it. I just don't think it lasts long-term, but obviously, he put up good numbers today. And then your top six players in fantasy points leagues for today. Number one was Doncic, followed by Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, DeJounte Murray, Steph Curry, and Jalen Brown. I think Davis missed Doncic by 0.1 fantasy points, which, you know, stat corrections might get him over the line in the end. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.